How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 28th. You have found Golf Talk Live's 19th hole. I am Alan DePew, your co-host. With my panel, as always, this week, we are joined by Boston Bob Baldessari, Andy Hydorn, and unfortunately, we'd like to have Brendan Elliott, but we're going to start this show out because we're going to give a shout-out of uh, support to everybody hurricanes bobby you're living it so we're going to ask for your update and get some in bobby brandon couldn't get on here today with us as we record because uh the hurricanes already knocked out his power in the orlando area uh our thoughts and prayers are with everybody i know every one of us is touched because the golf the golf business is florida i mean let's face it there's a ton of ton of golf down there and uh bob what's what's it like you're you're over near port st lucie uh, we're on the east side of the state. It's definitely better than the west side of the state. So um, very, very windy. We probably had eight inches of rain. Um, I've got a couple of leaks in the house uh, on the outside. It's I could take the um, the audio outside right now. It is wicked windy. It's probably a three club wind. Got to hit the knockdown. So uh, yeah, that thing's heading up to our, our buddy Brennan up in Orlando area. So um, my daughter lives in Sarasota. She's over there. She's going through this right now, uh, but she's safe. So it's a, it's a, it's a big storm. It's a bad one. Yeah, it's it, no doubt. My, my, I actually have a sister that's over in Bonita Springs. She is on the East side of, uh, I 75. So, uh, hopefully I, 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 t- I talked to, I texted her back and forth early this morning. I know she was trying to save power on her phone, but, uh, Hopefully she's not getting some of the nasty flooding and just devastation. I mean, Andy, have you seen the videos coming out of Naples? I was just watching um, just before we hopped on and it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I think the, the two things about this storm that are just jaw dropping are the size of it, number one, and then the, the storm surge, the, the amount of storm surge that these people are dealing with and, you know, Florida doesn't have any elevation, so storm surge is devastating. It's awful. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, again, thoughts and prayers are with with everyone down there. Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to watch. There's no other. There's, I mean, Bob, you said you had a uh, a text from a, from a PGA golf professional that her house is gone, just gone. Yeah, very sad. Um, obviously, I know a lot of PGA pros over there on the west side looking at a lot of social media today and everybody's had damage, all kinds of damage, fence down, you know, home, home stuff um, all messed up. But yeah, this one particular PGA female uh, does not look good. looks like her house is gone. Unbelievable. So I'm going to and, and watch. I, I always, Brendan likes to joke that I'm the king of segue. So I'm going to watch. How I'm going to connect this dot here, Andy. So I was at, if you saw our social media, I was at the media day for the announcement of the Corn Ferry Tour here in the Jersey area. Um, we'll talk about that actually at a little more, more depth. I want to share share some, some thoughts. But um, where I'm going with this 
is Jeremy Friedman, which Bobby, you may, well, both of you guys, but Bob, you may know Jeremy from his times with the golf channel. He's now with a company called outlier that does a lot of the promotional for, for LPGA events and what have you. He's literally standing in the clubhouse at Matitaconk where the, where this corn fairy event is going to be played. And he goes, yeah, I got to fly to Dallas first, but then I'm going to fly to Tampa. He goes, I don't know if I'll have a house to go home to because I guess he lives like a hundred yards off the bay. I mean, can you, Matt, I, I just, the, just the look on the poor guy's face. It was just, it was, it was crazy. You know, it's, it's, one person's luck is another person's bad luck, right? When it comes to storms like this, my my parents live live in Tampa as well, and I think initially Tampa was really the target for, you know, landfall of this thing, but it 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 ended up moving more south. So, you know, again, no disrespect to the people who, you know, got devastated by this, but you know, maybe your friends got spared a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, we're, we're a golf show. Uh, we're not the weather report again. I'll just say one, a third time or we're, we're thinking of everybody down there in Florida, but, uh, there was a lot of good lots going on in the golf golf world, surprisingly, um, for September, but, uh, let's just jump right to it. And I'm going to, I'm going to admit when I was wrong, Mr. Hydron, you were not on last week. I even titled the show president's cup. Are you watching? Because <laughs> It was going to be a snooze fest. We all knew it was going to be a snooze. The President's Cup always is a snooze fest. That's my position. I'm still sticking with that. But God bless the international team for like for making it interesting, at least going into Sunday. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hop in here real quick and please do. <laughs> and I, I, I'm with you in the sense that I think, generally speaking. The President's Cup to me has been a cheap imitation of the Ryder Cup. Um, so did it really get my attention? A little bit. You know, when it was convenient to watch, I always watched. But I, I must say, you know, the, the pipeline of players that the PGA has developed and continues to, to push through is amazing. And I think, you know... I, Stars in golf are, are born and, you know, the light is shine on them through, through the media, through TV and, and social media and all that stuff. And I mean, there was a lot of that going on this weekend. I think, I think obviously Tom Kim came out just shining like a star. And I think the U S team just showed just how strong they are. And, and um, it ended up being, being a pretty interesting event to watch. And, you know, a shout out to Trevor Immelman for handling every bit of that with grace and, and pride. And I mean, he was an awesome captain. And I think, I think he, he did a spectacular job. He knew he, what he was up against. And, you know, he, he was a, a credit to the golfing world. I mean, at one point, late in the round on the first day it was already five, it was looking to be five to nothing mm -hmm. and bobby i mean to close the gap and and there was a lot of great performances down there there on the second day i was i was stunned that it was even as close as it was after after two days yeah i was looking at this sort of like the nhl playoffs um <laughs> you know the phrase will beats skill yeah oh yeah absolutely 
Yeah, that, that came to mind that and in golf, it's a classic thing when you are coming from behind and you're more aggressive. If you're supposed to win, you feel a little bit more pressure, more tentativeness. So, you know, I just thought, yeah, maybe the international team could just relax, fire at the pin proverbially and just, um, I don't know, I, I thought they would, it came out more like what I thought it would be, that they would be very competitive. It would be close. Um, and, you know, I did read about, there were a lot of people on social media that were, Trevor Immelman was just spectacular. I think the way he represented the team, but also um, what he did on the 18th green, that one, one of the matches everyone was celebrating and he goes out there tapping down all the spike marks and make sure the green surface is smooth, like real classy guy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a catchphrase in, Andy. Yeah. How, how's it How's it go? Work beats talent when talent doesn't work. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you know, one of my favorite sidebar of the week was Greg Norman tried to send a tweet. Oh, he baited him. He tried to bait that, Denny. You think so? I I think it was more of a. I'm Greg Norman. I'm I'm gonna. Think I'm gonna I'm try gonna... to upstage another another yep, event. Exactly, yeah. and, yep. and in the tweet. For all of you that didn't see it, he talked about how the overall record of the U.S. at the President's Cup is it's either 14-1-1 or 16-1-1. Except one for when Greg was there. Except for when Greg was there. And yes. then he threw out the golf is golf. Let's push all this stuff aside. Competition is great. Trevor Immelman replies back, L O L. -O -L. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was. It was. And, and and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this was, I believe it was Dan Rappaport. I'm gonna hopefully I'm quoting who the right person was on Twitter. Um, I may be wrong on that, but uh golf, I think he said golf only wins as was his uh his caption to Scotty Scheffler's hosel rocket there on the on the one <laughs> How humbling when world number one hits a hosel rocket. Yeah. Humbling and and, and I mean I've hit hosel rockets recently, and mine are much more dramatic than Scotty Scheffler's. <laughs> I mean, mine didn't go out there like a hundred forty yard hosel rocket, but I mean that thing definitely went right of right. <laughs> Yours just kind of go like snake in the grass thing. <laughs> yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. It's like a. It's yeah. It's as bad. <laughs> so uh, this this is probably not the right time, but it is the right time for. Don't be that guy. Oh, okay. Sh throw one at us. So, and it doesn't mean we can't have more than one. Don't be that guy. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one at you. Um, and I love this guy, Justin Thomas. I love him. But his reaction to Siwoo Kim, yeah, like yeah. shushing the crowd, and he's getting bent out of shape about that. After you're basically you know, riling the crowd up and doing your thing, you're going to get all butthurt that Siwoo Kim's doing it. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Don't, don't be that guy. Don't be that ridiculous. guy. Yeah. Ridiculous. When, when, yeah. When, when that, I mean, that's, that's JT's thing, right? He's, he's like the new raw, raw uh, guy yeah. from team USA. Right. Exactly. And, and that's honestly, those are the things as much as personally, I don't prefer people that do that, but those are the things that make those cup matches, whether it's the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup, much more exciting for people to watch. Just that extra bit of 
of emotion and and kind of you know team atmosphere it makes it makes it better so maybe he was just just kind of playing the part like he was angry but i mean come on don't don't don't, don't be that guy that. yeah don't be that guy <laughs> it's like the, it's like the sevy effect <clears throat> yeah you know where sevy was the gamesmanship points yep. all that <laughs> Well, I'm 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 looking. I'm, I'm bear with me for one second because I'm looking it up here. My my funny was actually Kiz. Yeah, <laughs> at the press conference. Kiz, no, Kiz's hot mic moment during the handshake. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, you missed that one. Oh, I wonder if I can actually play it here. You're the most handsome man in America. And then, then to uh, uh, Siwoo Kim, he goes, you're the ugliest mother effer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the cool, the cool part is that. that and, 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 and then he goes on, to, then he goes on to say, on, like on, he actually tweeted something to the effect. He goes, great team, but they can't party or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said at the press conference. And I, I do appreciate the fact that these guys all have that friendly competitive relationship for the most part, you know, every other week of the year. And at the end of the day, when, when all that, the matches are over, they still all know each other and they're all for the most part, pretty friendly. So I but think is that, that, but let me ask you, is that, that way at the president's cup because there hasn't been the animosity to greg's point greg's you know the pillar of uh the golf community that um there give the internationals a couple of wins does it change i mean let's I, face I let's face it there's some there's some attitude back and forth on the Ryder cup participants but I, I think the Ryder Cup's the same thing. When the when the last putt drops, those guys are all friends. You know, the U.S. guys, the the Europe guys, they're all friends. And uh, except maybe nobody. Poulter, Poulter, really? Nobody's friends with Patrick Reed, maybe. But oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, I mean, they, maybe they're, they're on the same team at Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, did we go there? <laughs> Well, that would have been a great opportunity to segue into, uh, yeah. So you had a point today before we hit record regarding the aforementioned great white shark uh, who may be swimming in the waters of uh, Florida right now. Um, yeah. But what was his, what, what was your point about uh, about Liv and the President's Cup and how tie this all together, Mr. Hydorn? Well, the, the thing that I was talking about, maybe it's not the same thing that uh that you were saying um did we talk did we talk about the the greg norman thing already the the tweet yeah, yeah you, you, uh, you actually yeah. mentioned it yeah no i, I didn't, hey, I didn't bob, know if that was bob, short-term short-term memory i didn't that's know why, that no, was that, bob, no seriously be, that's why he's such a spectacular player before yeah. record ex or except for ex record. except for the texas state am senior amateur Andy's short-term memory is what makes all him right, such a great player. All right, all right. Put the bad shots um, out. Anyway, moving along. 
the the news that came out today was was pretty interesting, or maybe it was even yesterday, where you know Greg's been flaunting that that he has a number of of networks bidding to you know really be the the broadcaster for Live Golf, um, and in general, when when people are are networks are bidding for the PGA of America, not the PGA, the PGA tour. I mean, when they're bidding to televise those tournaments, they're basically the biggest revenue source for the PGA tour is that, that broadcast revenue. Well, the live situation is interesting in that live is actually going to pay one of the, one of the uh, networks to broadcast live governments. And it looks like it's going to be, Fox Sports One um, and live instead of receiving revenue is actually going to be paying Fox Sports One to broadcast uh, live golf events, which which I think is is a stunning development. I'm, I have to ask a question before I before I inter- I'm going to interrupt Bobby real quick because I know he's I can I can tell he's ready to, he's ready to say something. Does do you feel the outcome of the Presidents Cup had any impact on? on them whatsoever that you know golf world's moving marching on without the great white shark and i actually and i couple that with phil just dropped out of the big lawsuit poulter just dropped out of the lawsuit all these people are they're 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 saying that it's because they want to let live carry forward the lawsuit that they're not suing as individuals in this class action are they all tied together bobby Oh yeah, there's got to be yeah. There's synergies all over the place. I think it's going to take five years from now to look back and play, you know, no connect the dots. Yeah, connect the dots. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. Phil and some of the guys are looking at more of the majors and the ramifications of if you get tied to this lawsuit. Maybe how does that affect more of the majors for some of these guys? Um, yeah, I was I saw that same report that Andy saw and I thought well, that was interesting. It's more you're going to pay to be on TV than the TV coming to you, but you know, they've got so much money that if that's part of the building block and that's part of building the business, then it probably makes sense. You know, if you've got it, you got to put it to work. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't pay. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's, it's rather surprising that, that none of the networks would be willing to, to pay them. Right. To broadcast their product. Remember a few. Remember a number of years ago when Augusta was being pressured with the the whole, uh, yeah, but the w- women entry into the and and they 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 went out of their way and said we're not going to put our 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 sponsors in that position. So they bought the network time for for the Masters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I kind of yep. wondered, you know, would would live by the Golf Channel and now they got a golf vehicle right there like you know we're talking about some serious crazy money that you can do some crazy things that are like they you could just you try to think big and you try to think outside the box wow yeah that's a crazy that is an out of the box you are you are reimagining golf (laughs) trying yeah the thing the thing there that that would be really interesting is that you know, I think if you remove 
the PGA Tour in in all of its its partner tours from the Golf Channel, the Golf Channel has nothing, like literally nothing. So if that were the case, then then the Golf Channel would be Live Golf Channel, and right. because everything that that they do on the Golf Channel is is about the LPGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour you know, the DP world tour, the PGA tour, everything. And those are all connected. As well as to the top amateur events. I mean, which would yeah. be a nice feeder for then for obviously live golf. Yeah. And maybe a golf sitcom, which I talked to the head of the golf channel years ago about, and I said, there's never been a golf sitcom on national TV. I have a golf sitcom. I'm ready to write. And the guy said, well, you know, uh, we like the reality shows and it's a lot easier to get on TV and basically was cheaper to do than a three camera, two camera, like a set with script and acting and this and that. Uh, to this day, I'm stunned that there's never been a golf centric, golf themed sitcom. It doesn't make sense. You could, in my, my sitcom is I could go either the high end private and some of the stereotypical things and fun stuff there or the low end municipal and Andy, I think of Leo J. Martin back in the Boston yeah. area. I think that with a Mike Wordis. Mike Wordis driving in in his 10-year-old Cadillac. I, yeah. have a, I have a confession, Bob. I actually have read a script for, for a show, for a pilot for a show. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's, it's interesting, but I, I don't know if it, I, 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 and like you, I think, it's kind of like designing a golf course. We've all we've all thought of something like this, right? We've all thought of, well, what I would do this or I would do that. I mean, how many how many golf holes have I penciled onto a napkin? <laughs> I started doing that in sixth grade. Yeah, like daydreaming. It when uh, Mr. Arsenal's uh, class, if he's out there listening, um, <laughs> hell if hell if Ramsey Williams is listening to this right now, he and I designed a cart barn one night with Miller Light bottles. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> My, my sitcom is a combination. It's a compilation of Barney Miller, Taxi, and Cheers. It's oh. a beautiful thing ever. Yeah. Huh. Yep. I'm working on it. In a, in a movie script. I've got a movie in uh, development. So, Andy, any uh, any other further thoughts on Liv? I know you're, 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 you are a biggest supporter of them on our on our panel. The biggest. I... I... <laughs> I Where's Christian when we need him? I live for live. I'll tell you what, you know what's amazing? Is we've even got Christian. We we we've spun him. We turned him. I, yeah. I feel like Car yeah. I feel like Carl Rove and I got my whiteboard up and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if we could just pick up this county. <laughs> no, you're more like Roger Stone over there. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> so so um yeah, when it when it when it comes down to live, I, I had a, an epiphany um, a few weeks back that the players aren't really the things that matter. They're interchangeable. Um, and I think I, I said my piece on that before, but I definitely feel that that's really playing itself out, that, that at the end of the day, the President's Cup, as boring as it may be, in relation to the Ryder Cup is still much more interesting and compelling than a 54 hole live event. And 
And I think when we've been in the fall season where most of the PGA tour events have been, you know, kind of traditionally boring anyway, because they're right. They're scheduled fillers. But once the spring turns again, you know, March comes around the players, the masters, the PGA, the U S open, then the open championship, you know, I think it's going to be clear to everybody just how much removing some admittedly great players, some of the greatest players in the game, removing them from the scene of those great tournaments will have zero negative effect. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree completely. I mean, I actually just feel sorry for those guys. I, you know, I feel sorry for like Joaquin Neiman. I do too. He's a, he, he's a perfect, he's probably one of the guys I feel the most sorry. He's because, or, or, you know, they're making a big deal out of the fact that Patrick Reed, how, how much of a free fall he's in on the world rankings. And that's why he's over and over in Asia trying to amass world ranking, you know, or to plan the DP tour so you can no, 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 no. He said he was, you know, doing this. He, I, he's, I understand he's doing day. it for his family, but he, you know, he's <laughs> at the same time, he really wants to play in like the open championship and the uh, US Open and things yeah. like that. He's taking care of at Augusta, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Watch how I'm going to do once again. You mentioned schedule, you mentioned schedule fillers and what have you. I was on. The media day at the corn Ferry tour event that was just announced which is the magnet championship and the reason it came about is because in august under the new corn Ferry schedule which is to launch on uh january of 23 they're actually going to be playing from um january to i believe they said september no august late august last week of august i think is what they said and they happen to have a date at matita conk national over here in new jersey which is a top 100 golf course absolutely great 27 holes um hell of a driving golf course yeah it sets you up immediately at the bunkers makes you think but uh corn ferry uh event there and I'm going to pull a statistic that Alex uh, Baldwin, uh, the president of the Corn Ferry Tour, threw at us, which is 86%, I believe, of the graduates or 86% of the people that had played at the uh, President's Cup are Corn are, uh, corn Ferry grads. Wow. That's strong. And, and that's up even, I think it was 80% a year before. That's what it was, tour tour players that had, that's what it was. It was tour players that played on the tour, 86% this year, 80% the year previous. It shows what a feeder system the Corn Ferry Tour is becoming. What a feeder system. And, and I think if, if you looked back, pick a year, five years ago, 10 years ago, if you looked at the, the leading money winners on that tour, they're all superstars on the PGA tour now. And it's, it's uncanny. Oh, dude, they were, they were, they had this whole, like, you know, fire you up video that started out the press conference. Right. And you got Scotty Scheffler, you have JT, you have, I mean, you could do, it's a who's Xander. You it's a who's who, and it's rocking music and you're all making putts and there's fist pumping everywhere. And then to flip it back around, it's golf, but louder golf, but louder. Yes. It's 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 live. 
Um, (laughs) But to flip it back around, they also showed the other side of it, which is the fact that these guys go out there. And this is what's remarkable. And and the president of Mag, he he made a great example. He goes, you know, you, you look at these guys and their their entire lives could come down to a putt. One putt could dictate their entire lives. You talk we about saw the, that a few weeks ago, right? How about the enormity of the pressure of that? And he, and he goes, I can't imagine if my one entire career came down to one email. <laughs> oh, I missed it. <laughs> oh draft i hit draft i didn't hit send <laughs> but i mean we saw that a few weeks ago right at the corn Ferry finals yeah you know the, the and it was playing opposite of a live event i think the one where dj made the the uh eagle in the playoff right um, but just the the difference in atmosphere and pressure and you know tension and emotion was just worlds apart even in the you know the old uh, pga tour qualifying schools yeah a lot of stories about you know guys that try six eight ten twelve times last of last time they tried it they make it changes their career even the pga of america the playing ability test there's a lot of people i know that made the putt made par in the last hole have a career in golf didn't do it now they're they're out of golf could have been really good in golf here, here's a trivia question for you guys and for the listeners. So PGA Tour qualifying school, this guy, I tried, I think, 14 times. Not good, Grady. And, and it, okay, but here's the trivia question. <laughs> when he first started trying, his name wasn't Mac O'Grady. What was it? It was, uh, I know this. It was, oh, <laughs> I know this. Oh, you're killing me. I know this. I got Phil, Phil McGleno. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's a bit of. I never knew that. So yeah. Mac O'Grady is a nom de plume. <laughs> it is. It is. It's his stage name. I never knew that. Phil McGleno. Yep. Yep. You know, he wow. figured he figured Phil McGleno missed missed the tour Q school so many times mac o'grady was probably good yeah, wait a minute he's he's saul goodman yeah. <laughs> better call saul, better call saul. <laughs> so just a little useless trivia for everyone well i got some useless trivia is hey, so bob to your point about the 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 playability test i passed at bryce resort out down in the in the mountains of uh, virginia and i s- literally the final putt dropped and I looked at the two guys I'm playing with that neither of them passed that day. And I looked at him and said, I never have to play golf again. <laughs> Got in the cart and drove away. <laughs> Cheers. That is so true for a lot of people in that, in that situation, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, so so Andy. You weren't with us last week. I got I got to get your feedback because uh, you you did our version of Tony Leodora's traveling golfer. Where were you this time? You you play more golf on the road than than Tony Leodora does. Yeah, I play a, a few few road events, but um, this year has been pretty good. I, I must say, but I was I was up in Queechy, Vermont, at the uh, Tommy Keene Invitational. My 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 native home state, by the way. Great yes. spot. Queechee's great. Queechee's awesome. And you know, the the I've been going to this 
tournament for 30 years and uh it, it was a Dartmouth golf team event and it it ultimately you know when when COVID came and the uh president of Dartmouth decided that well this is a good opportunity to get rid of our golf course and our golf programs um we at the Tommy Keen were were without a, a venue. So um, the year after that, we had it at Lake Sunapee, um, which was three years ago. And then last year we moved to Queechi at the Lakeland course at Queechi. And we we're there again this year. And I think I think the Tommy Keen has found its new home at Queechi. And if you haven't been to Queechi, Vermont. I had I actually I, I was born there. Like I said, I've actually never been I played the state open at uh, Lake Morien right up yeah. the street. Oh yeah. But yep. uh I want I want to go play that. It's it's one of my bucket list golf courses. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of property. And and uh you know, it was a little chilly. It was 40, 40 Friday is the stroke play qualifier. It was 46 degrees with 20 mile an hour winds. And and Bobby, you might know this name, Craig Stekowich, sure, um, and Brett Wilson, both from New Hampshire, uh, were partners and shot sixty-one and forty-six degrees and twenty-mile-an-hour winds. Impossible up there. <laughs> Best ball sixty-one. So they, there was another team that shot sixty-six, and they thought they surely ran away with it. We're going to win the medalist. They, and, uh, they only and, lost by five. What's the tee that's right by the water, the lake? Is it like, is it like the 16th hole or something? And maybe it's a par four or five. Like the tee is right by the water. 17. 17. I was standing on the tee in the New England Open in the middle of my backswing, an eagle or hawk, or I think it was an eagle came down, grabbed a fish, 20 yards <laughs> right there. True story. Yeah. Well, th that tee literally is, is two steps from the lake. Yes, that's the one. It juts out into the lake, and yeah, yeah. it's hey, a Alan, it's a beautiful place. Alan, I have a, a good story about the Lake Maury. We um, went up there every year with my dad. Um, that was like our family get out of school June, you know, vacation. And I'm 16 years old. My dad says, "I think you're ready to start playing in state opens." So he signs me up for the Vermont State Open. When was that? Were we there together? Mine, I don't know, but I. I well, no, 16. you're 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 a couple years older than I have. So, I mean, so you were you sixteen. Been, I, you would have been fourteen. <laughs> no, I no, For I was. <laughs> I was. I played in my first at eighteen. So. Yeah. Well, I, was, I was. I was sixteen. I guess sixteen and a half. Uh, and so my dad signs me up, and I figured, you know, that was a big tournament. Everybody plays. I'm going to play at like three thirty in the afternoon. My dad switched his tea time with me. So the night before, he says to me, I switched tee times. You're teeing off at like 9.20 with Bill Mallon and Jeff Lewis. No way. Oh, dear God. Jeff Lewis? Yeah, and I'm on and the first Bill Mallon, too. Yeah. And I am shaking out of my skin. But I guess, you know, I somehow shot like 76 and thought, I guess I can be okay at this thing. And so my dad plays at like 2.30 in the afternoon with a couple of guys and uh, I will never forget that. So my like my first Lake Maury. So I'm I'm 18. I skipped my high school graduation to go play in the tournament. 
and the assistant golf pro at the club I grew up at in Virginia, Fauquier Springs. We drive through the night to get up there for the practice. We go up for the practice round, which they always played a, uh, a like a separate tournament within the tournament for the practice round. Yeah. We park right behind the first hole, and I'm wearing like shorts. <laughs> so I'm changing into slacks because I got to look fancy, right? And I got these yellow polyester slacks on. Sands about dro- huh? Sansa belts. Sansa belts, yeah. And I drove, I drove through the night, so I haven't slept practically. Guys, I stepped up on the tee. I flat cold topped it right down number one. <laughs> yeah. There is nothing more embarrassing than walking down number one with and hitting forward for your second shot out of a thicket right in front of the tee box. <laughs> in that third hole though, the par three, that's one of the coolest shots. Your ball goes up against that mountain right there. Oh yeah. I used to love that. Quichi has a bunch of those backdrop shots that yep. it's just it's just incredible to see. Lake Maury's got that one that's uh it's like what is it, Bobby? Like 500 feet in the you go up the side of the mountain to that par par four, par five, and yep. you gotta hit it. Your ball looks like it stays in the in the air for like you yeah. know an hour. Yeah, the elevation change and people that are in states that don't have the elevation change, they can't appreciate it. I mean, there's some really cool stuff in New England. So Andy, bottom line is would you would you recommend? taking a road trip and we're not even getting paid for to, for this uh endorsement by the way no you know when i when i worked for callaway for 11 years my territory was all in new england so all of maine all of new hampshire all of vermont um massachusetts rhode island and part of connecticut anyway but uh vermont is the most beautiful state in new england as far as i'm concerned it's it's just and it's funny because you look at new hampshire and they obviously border each other. Yeah. But you can tell when you're in Vermont and you can tell when you're in New Hampshire. And, yeah. and I just think Vermont is just really, really a beautiful place. Yeah. Unless you get up above like St. Johnsbury, that up and towards, then they kind of blend. They're all just, it's just trees, lots of trees. Yeah, maybe so, but lots, lots of trees. You go, you go across Route Four, you know, from, from Queechy out to Rutland. Yeah. Um, know it well. It's, you know, you're driving right along that river. Oh, so yeah. You got the river there. You got the mountains on the one side. It's it's beautiful. And honestly, another one. Now we're going to be tour guides. I mean, if you're going to go up there, you might as well go all the way over to the White Mountains and, and go check out Mount Washington because that's just a cool experience. Yeah, awesome. my buddies play there. Yeah. A couple of events. I've never been there. but No, I mean to go there. up on the mountain itself. That's... Well, the yeah. golf course is great. It's an oh, old yeah. Ross, I think. It yeah. is Ross, I believe. Yes, I believe yeah. you're right. Great, great resort, great place. Yeah. A lot of great places. If you're traveling, you're looking for places up in New England. You know, great, some great places. All right. So if you're traveling, you're going to be hungry, which leads me to my last crazy segment I got for today. And it was posed to me by Mike Kern, formerly of the Philadelphia Daily News. We're driving past at the media day, and he goes, I could go for a dog. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't think they have any dogs in there. We're just like, we're here for the media day, Mike. He goes, no, man, I could go for a dog. He goes, you know, there's some really good dogs. <laughs> Golf courses have great dogs. And, and he just won't let the dog thing go. I, I love Mike. What makes a great hot dog? Let's ask the question. This was this is one I'm telling you the listeners can jump in on. Bobby, what makes a great hot dog at a golf course? I will tell you the toasted bun, and I'll oh. go for the split dog. I I'll, I like it when it's split and it's a little bit grilled. 
Give, give me the split dog. You want the, oh, so you want the grilled dog? You yeah. can't go for the you can't go for the water dog. You can't go for the dirty dog. No, ugly, disgusting. Yeah. My my favorite are the rollers. Those roller <laughs> machines that cook the dogs. I have I I would Andy I'd fire that up as soon as I walked in on a Saturday Sunday morning at the course. It's first thing you do because guess what the guys are coming in. They need something in their stomach to to sop up the alcohol. Yeah. I love a hot dog cooked on those those hot rollers. It's 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 an experience. And and bun, do you have any views on the bun? Yeah, I, I like it. I like it untoasted and soft. Untoasted and soft. But I kind of like my roller dog to be a little bit crispy on the outside too. I I I, I hey, and I'm not gonna lie. I like a little char on the dog. Throw it on the char broiler in the back for a second, just to kind of give it some marks. I love the roller dog as well. <laughs> I, I will admit the only time I will go against what I'd like to do is when I'm at Fenway and you got to get a Fenway Frank. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a whole different, you know, standard, but I just have one other question. Do you want about this dog? <laughs> do you want the dog, a full half quarter pound dog that takes up the entire role? I mean, we, the, the reason I'm asking is Mike, Mike Kern and I literally went on for like two holes discussing dogs and i'm like no you need a five to one dog it leaves a little room for condiments it's it's a great topic and uh yeah. I, I wanted to bring it up with all the boys but you know christian's off for by the way happy birthday christian christian's have celebrating <laughs> brenda's not definitely not celebrating right now so. no i i think i think we ought to keep this dog conversation going just a little bit more and talk about condiments. I, you know what? We really should. We yeah. absolutely should. I'm going to, I'm going to put, actually put that on a note right here. All right, Andy. Well, we need, we need a follow-up show for best halfway house food. Yeah. You know what? We should. And halfway house employees. And a halfway house drink, a specialty <laughs> drink. We should test it <laughs> on air. We should call our podcast the halfway house. We should call it like the 19th hole. <laughs> that works. All right. 18, 18th green. Andy, flag sticks in your hand. What you got? Final thoughts. Yeah, I just, I, I watched a really emotional Danielle Kang um, make Eagle on the last hole. Thanks a lot. You just stole mine, but continue. <laughs> hey, thanks for letting me go first then. <laughs> Because without this, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> but she was really emotional. And uh, it's kind of the first time that she's really had a chance to win since coming back from having the tumor. And um, so it, it was it was pretty cool to watch. Bobby? Forget I said anything about that, Alan. You okay, I'll just regurgitate it. <laughs> well, uh, my... My quick thought here, and we need we need to do a deeper dive on another show. But um, there's a recent uh, National Federation of State High School Associations. They talk oh, about high school. We do need yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, talking about high school sports on the boys' top ten sports. The only sport that's growing is boys golf. It's up three point eight percent. The only girls' sport that's growing is volleyball. Uh, girls' golf is still not quite in the top ten. Uh, they talked about the pandemic. I'm telling you, I don't feel in my heart it has to do all with the pandemic. I feel proud about what we did with the PJ America with dry chip and putt, PJ Junior League golf. 
from 2012 and on. I think that has a bearing on that growth, but um, we're going to dive into that a little a little uh, deeper in one of the upcoming shows. Okay. So I made another note. We are definitely going to talk about that because you're, you know, our compadre there, Mr. Elliot, we'd love to get his view with teaching juniors and our resident junior <laughs> Christian. We ought to get his viewpoint. I actually, my, my, my theory on that, Bob, if real quick, not to dive into it, but uh, my theory is that parents like myself, even though my kids and if I had to do all over again, they would not have been hockey players. I should have had them be golfers. They loved hockey. I was probably trying to make up for my failed hockey career, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I think they, they look at it and they like, why am I doing that? Give them the game of the lifetime, which is what golf is. So, so we can expound on that. I'm going to, I'm going to go mention Brendan because he just uh, invited me to serve on the board of directors with two other people that we know. And I want to give a shout out to him. That's my 18th hole shout out. What he has done with that program in central Florida is remarkable. We have great things coming for everybody. If you are in the central Florida area, you need to look up little links or Bob does great things down with Trident golf center as well. But uh, there's this show alone is doing some great stuff to grow, to here's grow the game, Andy. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> thanks, Greg. <laughs> Hashtag thanks, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I do. That's, uh, you know what? I think I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad I took Danielle Kang away from you. And because Brendan deserves a tremendous amount of credit for all the the work and time and energy he's put into Little Linksters and Cheers to Brendan Elliott. For, so if you're listening to this, you want to check them out. They are a 501c3 designation. If you want to support them, I'm telling you, it, it, as all of us are all board members on the, on, on with Little Inksters, and it, it's because it's golf people wanting to do bring golf to get great opportunities for kids. And uh, please, we, we're always looking for people. Um, but kudos to Brendan for his uh, his leading the charge. Yep. I want to, right. uh, yeah, I got to get a for our friends at Complete Synthetic Turf, uh, especially when you have inclement weather coming your way and the regular turf's not so good. You can have your putting green, your pet grass, your pool areas. If you're with the insurance company or bank, you got to take care of some walkways. Uh, CompleteSyntheticTurf.com. Those guys are awesome. Plus, they have a gopher guard. Forgot to mention that recently. So the Gophers, no Bill Murray Im imitation by me, but the Gophers. Uh, uh, pardon me, Sandy, but if I kill out the Gophers, wouldn't they let me up and throw away the key? I've had about five uh, of those. Um, I think the heavy stuff's coming later. Uh, yeah. Gifts sent to me today. Too soon for South Florida, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be crazy. But, uh, hey, you can practice on your complete synthetic, complete synthetic turf putting green and uh, don't miss a beat when the weather is not so good. There you go. So Andy, instead of hitting it long and straight, if you're in South Florida, practice your on synthetic because it beats. It beats hitting it out there in the storm surge and the <laughs> 50 mile an hour winds. Be safe, Florida. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. 
Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.